Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to today's pre-market prep. Oh, I shouldn't say morning. I don't know where you are. Good wrong morning. mic. Wrong mic. Mike, wrong mic, mic alert. Mike wrong Jack, mic alert. Mike wrong mic alert. Right. Good morning. If you're in <laughs> North America, good evening. If you're in Asia, wherever you are, happy Thursday. Welcome to pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick. Guys, I dressed up for you today. I dressed up. Look at this. Look, I'm, I'm wearing a sport coat. Look at that. Wow, I don't even own a sport. I don't even think I own a sport coat. I'm I'm pretty sure I don't because Joel yelled at me last time I went to New York. He's like, Well, just wear your sport coat. And I was like, I don't have a sport jacket. Why would I have a sport jacket? I barely have a suit. If you notice in that intro video, there is that clip of Dennis speaking and he, he's just wearing a button down. He's not wearing a sport coat or anything. So that might be, that might, might yeah, be. I think it's absolutely true. All right. Joel's yelled at me for that before. He's like, All Go right. out there and buy one. Question like, of the day. I don't go anywhere. Question okay, of the day: sorry. New new rally or dead cat bounce? So many out of favor stocks rallied yesterday. Whether it's uh, Spacs, whether it's Fubo, whether it's Skills, whether it's Viacom or Discovery, we're going to talk about that and uh, and try to answer that question: New rally or dead cat bounce? We have a couple of earnings on our radar. Uh, a notable rating this morning from Goldman Sachs that is moving some EV stocks, and our our guest today is a good one. Uh, Peter Tuckman normally joins us at 9, joining us at 8.35 today. He is the Einstein of Wall Street. He's from Wall Street Global Trading Academy. He's going to be speaking to us, not from the floor, but from his house today. Uh, and we're going to end at 9, and then I'm going to pivot. I'm going to roll on over to the next small cap conference today, the Clean Tech Small Cap Conference on Earth Day, right? Earth Day, clean tech, yeah, get it, get it, all right. Um, so I'll be on there starting at around 9.30 or so. In the meantime, everyone, smash that like button. Hit subscribe to Benzinga or Benzinga Clips. Let us know uh, how we're doing here. Joel, bring up those charts and tell us how we're doing in the overnight market. Uh, we're down five and a quarter at 41.59.50 in the S&Ps. Crude's down 22 cents at uh, 61.13. Gold is in the red by $8.30 at 1784. It's called 84.80. Uh, also, silver in the red by 14 and a half cents at 26.42 and a half. And then Bitcoin, uh, that's in the red too by $510. Uh, before I bring Triple D in, uh, we will not be doing the 3.30 show here on this channel, but we will be doing it on the Pre-Market Prep YouTube channel. I'll be bringing in uh, Rob Friesen of Stock Odds, and we're just going to talk quantitative trading 
and data and uh, where the markets are heading. So I will be tweeting out a link. So don't worry, folks. There will be a 3.30 show. It will be me and Rob Friesen. So tune in for that. We'll uh, go over a lot of good stuff. Uh, Triple D, uh, yeah. we got we got some you know some stocks way up on some earnings and yeah. uh, got some good movement here. I think we got to start with the SPAC rally yesterday. We got to give props first to Mitch because he's been calling for it for a while, but we also got to give props to Sean Udall who came on our show with a perfect timed call saying, I'm calling today a bottom in SPACs. And the stock picks that he gave yesterday on the SPACs, we, 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 we got him out of them. We, we didn't want to give the names off the bat. And then he gave us three good names. Open, huge day for OPE. And yesterday, Desktop Metal DM was up 15%. He gave us M-I-L-E, huge day for that stock as well. I believe he also mentioned Root, which wasn't a SPAC, but that was up too. It was a day where the hated stocks, the stocks that have not been participating in any of the updates, finally got a relief pop. You know, Fisker had a very good day yesterday. Obviously not a good morning with the Goldman downgrade, but we'll get to that in a second. But Skills... Big day for SKL Zebra. The follow through here this morning. Um, commentary from Biden on EV is helping all these plays here again. It's a big move. The question to be asked now, though, is this just a relief rally, like a one or two day thing, a dead cat bounce, or is this the start of a new uptrend? I'm going to go out on a limb and say nobody knows anything. Okay, so you, you talk about Mitch and you talk about Sean, right? But yeah. uh, let me see if I can hold on, if you guys can uh, hear this real quick. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? We don't know. I don't know either. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold up to his mic. All right, let's see. If yeah, I can this, do it. Is this going to work? Yeah. You got to plug that thing in. We're, we're about to find out. This is very oh. interesting when Joel starts to mix. Yeah, you know, wait, I should have I should have this up before here. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm gonna go speak. No, I don't want to call Sean because it's kind of early to call him. This should be wait, easier wait, to wait, do. While you figure, hold on one second. Oh, I got okay. it. Okay. While you figure that out, uh, Mitch just brought up his SPAC watch list. You can see uh, this this morning. Uh, a lot of green there. Yeah, there is continued up movement in most of the SPACs this morning. Um, skills is up another two dollars. I'm not sure if there's a it was skills reporter or something. What why is skills? I know Kathy bought some I, more, I, I but think, I think they got some love in Motley Fool. Is that what it was? Because this is trading like there's news on it too, and that's not just a Kathy pop, that's something else. Up another 13%. I will say on skills before Joel gets to it. 20 bucks, man. I'll be I'll be to the technicals on this one. It is a huge psychological level. It is a huge technical level on the chart. What does it do at 20? If I bought this yesterday, I'd be ringing the register probably now, but you might get it up towards the upper 19s. you got to think 20 is going to be huge resistance for it, though. Guess, Joel, did you figure it what? out? Wait, Joel. What do you got, Mitch? What do you got, Mitch? Well, yesterday on SPAC's attack, and this is why you guys got to watch SPAC's attack. I mean, if you're missing SPAC's attack, you're doing it all wrong in SPAC's. <laughs> I mean, look at the top two stocks on my watch list, Arrival sure. and Rush Street Interactive. Guess what two stocks I gave yesterday? Nice match. Arrival right. and RSI. Nice and the other match. one was NGA. And then one more, not being on here that you can see much, but Genie. That's the one that just transferred over from DMYD, Genius Sports, the best in sports data. What's and, the symbol on Genie? It's literally G E N I. G E N I. 
huge move for that one too. Can you pull? Um, I know we have a little bit of. Let me let yeah. me let me pull yeah, up that. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, you I got it. Okay, I got it right here. Okay, um, here's so, the uh, here's the a voicemail from Sean. Yo, buddy, I'm giving you all the credit. I was prepared to call the SPAC bottom on Monday, and you said I should wait until Wednesday. Let's do it on Wednesday. You, that's all I can say, man. You called the bottom. That was, <laughs> uh-huh. so that you, was you the voicemail. You stalled it for two days. Joel knew. This yep. is Joel's bottom. We're going to say the alcoholic back bottom going forward here. I was looking at those goal. charts and I'm like, holy mackerel. Look at that. Th- you know, those things are going down, you know, and he's like, they're, they're not so indexes. Sold, they're not indexes. But yeah. uh, no, they made a move. I, I guess that news that uh, the SEC is cracking down a little bit, uh, you know, they kind of repeated that again. I don't know if that's going to stop the momentum, but big days. Now the question is, is, you know, do you want to chase them? Or do you want to see if they come back in? And, man, you know, all those people that were short, the third short report uh, in a month on skills, uh, you know, they nicked the bottom in it yesterday. And so you just got it. Now it's trading up in the pre-market, 1907. Yeah, 12 to in two days. That's a hell of a two-day move. That's a nice move. Again, if you're doing it this way and you're buying it at 19 right now when it was 12 yesterday, 1240 yesterday, holy mackerel, I don't know. That is the definition of chasing when you're buying some of 40%. That's up 40% in a day and a half. That is a big move. Yeah, you you got to look for some retracement, a, a little bit of retracement at least. Well, yeah, just to come out and start chasing, it, it's tough. But some of the, what about the pre-spac deals, or the pre-deal ones, Mitch? Because well, some of those did not rally whatsoever. Before before we get into that one, I wanted to talk yeah. about Genie because it changed a pattern yesterday that we that we normally see. So normally, when we see this kind of change of ticker, we usually see a downturn, not an upturn. I think this very much could start showing that there is a SPAC bottom because when you start seeing the patterns change, that's usually when the stories start changing. And so that's when I'm going to start paying attention. Do we start getting some mergers to actually go through with the vote and then the stock goes up? Because normally after the merger, we get the stock to go down. And so this is this is a, a real change of pattern here in Genie. And now let's watch if this one just starts leading. That's a big green bar. And a big reversal there on that chart. So let's see if it really starts ripping and starts leading. This is one of the favorites in the SPAC game because of the revenue, because of the partnerships, and it, and a strong management team behind it. Nicolo DeMossi. What's the symbol on that one? It's G-E-N-I. Okay, I thought that was a pretty, like, I dream a genie. Yeah, I someone got on that name. Ah, uh, boom, boom. Let's see here. Uh Boy, that's down 33 cents here. Genius Sports Limited. I don't know. Man, tough chart. Let's see what happened. 19, really, you got to worry about 1978. Uh, that was the high yesterday, closed near the high. And then a couple highs over 20. So we'll see what happens. It is trading red. Where are those two highs at? You got one at 20 and a quarter and the other at 2030. So got to take out yesterday's high. Got to get to those pair of highs right there. Uh, or, you know, big green bar after that, but already trading a little bit red here in the pre-market. It's a very important day for all these SPACs. They need to build on it. We know about the two-day move, and the two-day move is when you get a counter-reversal rally, which we saw yesterday, mm-hmm. or, you know, 
then you usually get follow through the next morning, which is what we're seeing in most of these is the follow through where the chasers come in and say, oh, it was up. Now I got to get in. And a lot of times those moves start to reverse course just after the open, 940, 950. So if I was in some of these stocks, I'd probably be looking to ring the register in that time. Um, again, though, you know, this they have been massively oversold. So, I mean, let's go back to skills. It's $45 two months ago. It went down to 12 It's up to 19 Is it room to 25 Is it, The 50% retracement would take it up to like 27 <laughs> yeah. or 28 bucks. So, you know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So if you're shorting it, you know, you could get run over on this thing. If you're long it, you know, I'm buying it here now. Well, you know, I'd like a dip to buy as opposed to out. a 40% rip in two days. So, I, I mean, it's it's tricky. These are hard stocks to trade. Um, but they've been going straight down for so long. They were all massively oversold. The question is, again, is this just a dead cat bounce? Which so far, you know, you've got to still be skeptical because we've got a lot of overhead supply, a lot of bag holders in these stocks, too. You want to hear something? You... Go ahead. Tell, go tell ahead, me Mitch. something, Mitch. Go ahead. So the biggest, um, someone's mentioning it in the chat. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And the biggest name that I saw a little bit of a reversal start happening is CCIV. And I talked about the 20 break on this chart, CCIV yeah. and Lucid Motors. This is probably the one of the biggest cult-like following stocks right now. Right. Um, so that's why I'm watching this one. We need a leader. And I've been talking about this in, in the SPAC mm-hmm. game. Can we get a leader to really just start ripping and changing sentiment. And I think those are the two charts to watch. Skills, CCIV, keep your eyes on those two because if they really start ripping, I think that's how you really start seeing the SPAC game come back. We've had a leader. CCIV has been the leader for the last month and a half. This is this started when CCIV announced the officially announced their deal and the stock fell 50% the next day. CCIV has absolutely been the leader of the SPAC downfall. So it's a good point to Mitch to say to watch CCIV because if it starts to catch a bid, then maybe they can get a sustained bid in some of these other ones. CCIV has definitely been your leader and it's been your leader on the downside. It was your leader on the upside in January and February and March. There's no doubt about, or January and February, there's no doubt about that too. That stock kept going up and they were buying SPACs and everybody's getting all excited. The deal was coming, the lucid deal was coming. It finally did come and they pulled the rug out from under it, and that was the top in the SPAC. So I think it's very important to keep CCIV on your screen. Like Mitch is saying, if it can start holding above 20, as a nice candle for it yesterday, I mean, you you got a key reversal even yesterday, Joel. The full thing makes a new low and then makes a new high from yep. the previous day. Above 20 psychological level makes it look more interesting. And this one didn't run like some of the other ones, so maybe there is a potential for some left. But, you know, again... The overhead supply issue, the bag holder issue. There's so many people. I mean, we just know it just from even Twitter, you know, or from you know commentary on our on our comment board. I mean, so many people asking about these stocks because they're all Every stuck day. in them and they're all in pain in them. And I mean, the, the the pain trade is you know probably still to probably keep punishing some of these people who are in these stocks. But there is a relief rally that happened yesterday, and the relief rallies can last for a while too. So I just say the jury is still out on whether this is the start of a new bull market for SPACs, but there definitely was a nice relief rally yesterday. So that's nice to see. Like I said, I still own a few of these things. It was nice to see them go up for a change. And just to talk, just to look at the correlation in stock price, uh, according to the news. Uh, so this, you know, this obviously was um, boosted by Kathy, 
right? Along the way up, right? And that journey that you had. But on Was this, she a buyer in CCIV? Oh, I'm talking about skills now. Oh, I'm skills. Yeah, back. yeah, skittles. But she buys skills every day. She buys yeah. it again. She buys um, it every day. On this day right here, February, I believe it was February 4th, it announced the partnership with the NFL to do mobile gaming. Look at that. Had that day. And then it had the next day, you know. Yeah. So if you were selling the news that day, you're thinking, how could I sell that at $34, $35? Well, it only took one day. Boom. You made the high after that. All-time closing high on this day. And then boom. So that, whew, the day they announced the NFL part, because NFL has a small stake in this company. And, uh, you know, that was the news. The algos ran with it. So it's just, you know, just important. And then on this day, uh, the day that it made the low, or, or not, you know, the prior day, uh, is the day the third short report came out or the third negative piece. I think Wolfpack Research uh, came out on that one. And, uh, man, I think I just got to stop doing these pre-market prep stocks of the day because they're just it's crazy what happened to these things. I did it on IBM one day and that thing, and I actually did a bullish piece and went up. And then I did a bullish piece on skills yesterday. I got to stop doing these because it is. All, I don't over, know, all over. I don't know what's happened to me. I don't, geez, The IBM crazy. move, you know, was the IBM was the kind of stock we even said that this value yep. stock, yep. this is what they were gravitating to. And I mean, don't kid yourself. This was an everything rally. It wasn't just a SPAC rally yesterday. It was an everything rally. Value stocks, the reopening trade came back. You saw some of the airline stocks getting a lift. Goldman helping the cause with the NCLH upgrade yesterday. That opened and just kept running. RCL, CCL up in sympathy. The casinos were up. It was something like nine nine to one advanced decliners yesterday. So this was a broad-based rally. And you know what? We've been talking about the SPMP just does not pull back. It gets a one and a half, two percent pullback, and there's buyers. The rotation keeps us higher. Yesterday was obviously a lot of the growth names that the money was flying back into, but you know, the best place to have your money in the last six last three months has been spy. It is just no volatility, just kind of straight up, and it's been. The Did you survive time. the correction in April? Did you survive the correction on Tuesday and Wednesday? The great correction of April. I guess I survived it. <laughs> yeah, forty uh, forty one eighty three fifty to forty one ten, but yeah, we seventy did. handles. That's yeah. a correction now. So literally seventy <laughs> handles when the things you know trading four thousand. You're talking about less than two percent. That's where we are now. 2% corrections get scooped up. I mean, that spy chart looks to me like it just, again, wants to go higher. You, I want to be bearish stocks. I keep wanting to be bearish stocks, and I try. And obviously, some of you know that the growth names, they, they are in a full-on bear market. But, you know, there's so many other names that just are not. It's been such a tricky tape, though, Joel, because even if you were buying some of the reopening plays a week ago, we're going to value, and then they hit those, too. It's still been, besides yesterday, before yesterday, it's been a tough day to be long in some a lot of individual stocks. It's all, it's been rotation holding us up. You know, we did have the predictable rotation into healthcare. You know, I bought my Bristol Myers stock about three weeks ago, BMY. I think I paid sixty one or something. It must be more than three weeks ago because it, it hasn't been there about a month ago. And you know, it's up ten percent a month. It just quietly. The healthcare names because they were dirt cheap. I mean, you're talking peas and some of these things of seven, eight, nine. 
So even Gilead, you know, sets up, you know, which is a <laughs> stock that I've hated forever. Um, but this stock is, um, you know, looking like it's perking up too. So Pfizer has come back tremendously. <clears throat> Maybe it's Johnson and Johnson, obviously that you know had the problems with their shot, so more gravitation to the Pfizer. Um, Merck has had a pretty good time. I own all these stocks, by the way. I'm in the long-term portfolio. I've had them in there for years. Um, but you can just see what's held us up. So it's just my, my point being there's so much rotation, you know, into whatever. The money never Hard seems to, to just it. come out of stocks. It just kind of goes into something else. So when you're long spy, it just feels like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, like it just you get a piece of it. away. Yep. Yep. You get it. You, you get a, you get a small piece of it. If, cause you're, you have 500 stocks. I mean, yeah. Eleven of it make up almost uh, almost thirty percent of it. Thirty percent now. Yeah, you got uh, man, you got you got some. I, the spy chart doesn't look the same to me as the spoo chart, but it it's because it doesn't trade all the time. But you got a huge level in the S and P's up top, and that's going to be the gateway to uh, making new all time highs. You got mm, you got a top. Anybody looking at the chart can figure out exactly what I'm talking about. But let's go to the earnings. We got some earnings here. We got some stocks moving off earnings. Yeah, so they, they keep asking about AT&T in the chat. It is up a buck this morning. Uh, EPS beat sales, beat HBO Max subscribers, beat, uh, as we said, uh, easier to grow when you're, uh, you know, six months old versus Netflix, which is, you know, a decade old. Um but everything came in above estimates for AT&T, and the stock is up in the pre-market this morning. It's a value name, too. So yep. this we talked about a few days ago, saying it started to look like it's perking up a bit. Um, it's a stock that I've had, I had for a long time, and I've sold it. But I, it's still kind of at the same place. It just doesn't seem to go anywhere. I mean, it trades <laughs> like a bond, right? Yeah. You yep, know, it's got the 6.66% dividend. So even if you're just sitting and it doesn't go anywhere, you're making 6% of your money, which is a hell of a lot better than a T-bill at fractions of a percent. So, I mean, if you think the cash flow is still stable and the dividend safe, they've done a lot of bad investments, but I think the dividend's safe short-term for sure. Not Nothing's for sure, but, you know, I feel fairly confident that the dividend's safe in the, in the near term. I mean, I'm not chasing AT&T up a buck, but this is the kind of stock that, you know, they're looking at value names. And AT&T, on a valuation perspective, oh is not gosh, expensive. Yep. yep. You wow. It's it's traded a lot of stock here. Uh, 31.50 is the pre-market high. I don't – I mean, it could open there. I just Always those 50-cent increments, right? Yeah. Let's go look at the book. We haven't looked at the book in a while. We haven't talked the book in a while. What do you think? Where do you think this thing's going to open, Dennis? You're, you're really good at this. I mean – I well, you go look at the book on the big names. Like oh my gosh. Where is it thicken up? So, oh, okay, man. let's go AT&T. Look at the book. It is just loaded with stuff. So 3050. You know, you can say, how is there an offer at 3050? Because New York's offers aren't traded yet. New York is closed right now. So I can see at 3050, it's got 120,000 shares to go. It is just so littered. 220,000 go at 31. Again, it's trade 2.6 million. So Ken shoot through That's all that. The book's so thick. I can't even see up to 31 and a half, but... You're looking here. There's a big number at 31. Where is the imbalance at this early in the morning? You're just trying to do basic, you know, grade one math. It's only 23,000 shares to buy so far, so it's fairly limited yeah. yet. It's yeah. early with the trade. 
I'm going to say, I'll go out on a limb and say it's going to have trouble opening over 31. I would, I would say, I, 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 I think, I think it probably might open at 31 on the kisser. Yeah. So that's, I, you know, and it's early yet. A lot of things can happen. We're an hour and 10 minutes from the open, but it's going to need a lot more, one, a lot more volume to come in. To a lot more um, buyers, you know, a lot of buyers to chew through. Yep. Probably be four thirty one in the New York book. I'm like, there's some marketable limits even there, but you know, let me just go. thirty two thousand, thirty and a quarter, twenty seven thousand, thirty thirty, thirty forty, fourteen thousand, thirty fifty, one hundred twenty thousand to go. <laughs> I'm ignoring the little stuff. Thirty yeah. fifty five, ten thousand, thirty sixty, twenty two thousand, thirty seventy, twenty four thousand, thirty seventy five, fifty seven thousand shares to sell. 3090s are littered, probably another like 100,000 shares in there. 31, 220,000 shares. So you can quickly see it takes well over a million shares probably just to get it up to 31, a million shares worth of buying power. Now it's trade 2.7 million. So the volume is high enough that it is possible it could open up here um, because it's traded so much volume. But about half of the pre-market volume so far, it would take on the opening print to get it to open over 31. So... Um, unless, you know, they really talk it up on CNBC, which they might. I mean, CNBC is very influential, and they're probably going to have time to talk when Kramer comes out and says, I'd buy AT&T right now. <laughs> that changes stuff. You know, the, the influence that Jim Kramer has is incredible. So, you know, you've got to just be careful, you know, just randomly shorting a stock because there's a lot more information to come yet. What does CNBC say about it? What do the analysts say about it? That's all going to influence. We're still in the digestion period after the print here. So, but just looking from book pressure and looking what's in the book, it's about a million shares probably to get her up to 31. And that's not talking 31 and a half where it's still going to be. All yeah, the way up. I was going to try and get a launch bet in that the high was in, but I figured you wouldn't, you wouldn't go for that, that, that 31.50. I'm feeling. I, I think the high is in too yeah. at 31.50, but, but we'll see. I mean, lots more information. It's holding up well. So, so far, so good for AT&T. Okay. Wait, Jerome, Jerome Powell is in the chat, and he's asking a, a good oh, question. Oh, great. Hi, Jerome. He, well, you know. Pumping Powell. He's going by his alias here. But uh, what, what happened to sell the rip? That's what we've been talking about, and that's not. I'm not getting that vibe from you guys this morning. I'd sell skills rip. I'll say it right now. I'd sell it. 1913. I think I already said $20 major resistance. If I was in it, I think I started the show with it. I think it was 19 so it's already $0.15 cents, um, for higher up. If I was in skills, I'd sell it. So some stocks, yes. Overall market, I don't know. This what, what we're not having a rip this morning, Spencer. We're no, no. I'm, I'm I'm talking about in like arrival, right? And skills and Viacom. Well, I'm telling you, I would sell the rip and skills. Viacom, That's my just my opinion. Viacom, Karen, and Tim give the double team up on Vi- Viacom. Is massively oversold too. This stock was a hundred dollars a month ago. It's forty bucks. Two for one stock split. I mean, it's one thing to have a forty percent rally in two days, like skills. I mean, Viacom has just, and we know a lot of that had to do, you know, with Wang and obviously taking twenty billion dollars just from Credit Suisse. <laughs> we, we, we just found that out this morning too. Yeah, we yeah. found out that his exposure and just in Credit Suisse was twenty. 20- billion dollars how much money what kind of fun was this guy running like how much money did he have <laughs> 20 billion just with cs and they had gs and he had morgan and yeah. you know and he's he's over he was, he was everywhere <laughs> he should have had running like a hundred billion dollar hedge fund with not that much money well but it was all leverage though so that he, oh, yeah. i know that's scary as hell <laughs> 
I, I like the discovery anyway. chart now. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it out there. I like the discovery chart now. I think this one actually has a business, has revenue, and you're gonna see yeah. Discovery Plus be one of the biggest winners in streaming. I'm calling it now, guys. One of the on biggest board. winners yeah. in streaming. Why? Because if you go and you ask, uh, I, I can ask my fiance right now. What, what shows do you watch? Food Network, HGTV. Right. So um, it's all on Discovery Plus. Right. It's it's all on Discovery Plus. And yeah. so right now, I just cut the cord with Sling. I used to be spending about sixty five bucks. Now I'm spending about thirty five bucks just because I have Discovery Plus, Disney Plus. I have I have uh um also I have uh ESPN. You know, because the whole package with with Disney. And then I also am going to go and I got my sporting packages. I got the MLB package. I got the NBA package. So I got everything I need without having the cord and a lot cheaper at a monthly value by doing multiple services. Uh, Chris is asking about the discovery stocks. I mean, if you look, just trade the one with the most volume. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's, that's Stay a, away yeah, from that's that a, thin yeah. one. What's the thin yeah. one? B. Yeah, what? B. 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 Yeah, that one's B, crazy. Man. Don't yeah. touch those, man. Those are thin. They're trade by appointment only. I mean, you could say, oh, it was 140. I want to buy that one. And, you know, they can go anywhere. Those are more gambling. But it, they're all gambling. I mean, all stock investing is gambling. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree with Mitch. That was a nice candle. This isn't like where skills where it just rallied 40% a day. Right. I mean, this is, you know, a reasonable rally. So on a pullback here on DISCA, DISCK, I actually was trying to buy these in my long-term portfolio. I had orders sitting out there on DISCA at 30. So I don't think yeah, you're getting you low ball it. Low ball. Well, yeah, because oh, you, you, got, you got crushed and it's been leaking, leaking, leaking. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe there's some capitulation day that's coming in. So so this was a stock that I wanted on at 30. It's 38. It's not ridiculously far from where you know from where my no. price was compared to where it is. So would I pay up to 38 now and say I'm not gonna get it? And DISCA, I think it was the one I was trying at 30. DISCK did hit 30. Um, I think I was probably at 25 on that one, or you know, maybe those orders expired. I put them in there a while ago. Sometimes I throw them out there, you know, for a few weeks because I kind of like the levels. That's just you know that that that's in my long term portfolio. I was looking, you know, to put some money into Discovery in my long term portfolio. I could get down during that one. Why I picked Discovery over Viacom? A lot of the stuff that Mitch just talked about. Um, I do think I agree with you that Discovery is going to have a big uh, a player. It could be a, a player in streaming as well. So I kind of like the DISCK here too. There are a couple of stocks that were playing ball yesterday and are giving back a good chunk of those gains this morning through no fault of their own. Uh, but Fisker and and Wright, Lordstown Motors, uh, are both down this morning, courtesy of Goldman Sachs downgrading. Mm. Fisker to sell, Ride to neutral. They both get price targets of $10. Yeah, I know. Down 10% on Fisker. Um uh, if you are, are so inclined to play the SPACs, I mean, I'd rather buy the dip in Fisker than buy the rip in skills today. So I own Fisker already, so I'm talking my book. Obviously, I sold half of it. Wish I would have sold it all. I'd be rebuying it probably if I sold it all. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a tough downgrade for Fisker today because Fisker would probably have been up further because all the SPACs yeah. are building yeah. on yesterday's gains. So you, there's an argument to be made that Fisker could be trading 15 and a half, especially the Biden commentary overnight. There's, there's an argument to be made that Fisker could be trading 15 and a half or 16 bucks if it didn't get this downgrade. And now it's 13.68 because of the downgrade. So that's a, an opinion. 
Uh, obviously, an analyst is always an opinion. And this opinion is, it, it's kind of, in my opinion, a little bit overdone. So I actually would be inclined to buy the dip in this. I already own it, though. So I don't know if I'm going to add back the shares that I sold. But, you know, with the SPAC rally and stuff that we had yesterday, eh. but again, you see that sell rating. It's going to get set on CNBC probably 25 times a day. And it spooks everyone. And it's Goldman, too. I mean, Goldman's very influential. Yep. So uh, I, this one, this one is. What do you do on this? What would you do? This is an easy setup. This okay, is okay. Easy. Give me the easy e- setup. I I like your. I mean, I'm not trading it, not buying it, not selling it today. But if I had to, I'd be buying it right here. Right in here. Yep, because uh, you had what a three buck move off the low, a buck fifty that put you thirteen seventy. Everyone that was short this thing is saying, oh, my, I love Goldman Sachs. Thank you so much. Knocking this down a buck and a half. It's a buck 40 off the low. Thank you very much. It's a gift from heaven. They were, what was I going to do? Was I going to add to it at 16? Was I going to buy? And the other thing, too, is like how easy it, is it to buy and accumulate this stock on days like this, right? If you're short or if you're trying, it's just easy. You don't have to do anything. You just put, oh, 14 bid, slam, 1380 bid, slam, 1350 for bigger size, slam. Now, now, then this day was kind of funky, but that that's, if you want to do a, a swing trade, you know, and you're looking at something like stop that. Stop yourself out the low. What? I'm sorry? And stop yourself out at the low. Exactly. So yep. you're coming in here buying a 1370, you stop yourself out at the 1223. Yeah, I, I, you know I like the Fisker story. I sold half of it into the rally because I was uncomfortable with my size. I didn't want it as a full size position anymore because, to be honest, it was just moving down too much. <laughs> it was going. And down I, I like to cut my losers. So Shahab saying, "What about cutting your losers?" I absolutely did on Fisker um, into the rally uh, because I bought at sixteen, and you know it got four days straight down to twelve. Gets a nice rally up to fourteen, and then obviously built on yesterday. So it was a little bit early cutting the loser there. I'm still in the in half of the position i only sold half of it so my question is do i rebuy that other half that i just sold because now we have new information that SPACs are starting to feel a little more love again so which you know makes me so inclined to uh, i'm just skeptical of this SPAC rally altogether if it's i was confident in SPAC rally, i would buy this it's a difficult here. road you know to, to pull back up you know i mean it you it's can... been a difficult month trading joel this has been a tricky month. Like, look yeah. at Fubo. Look how many chances Fubo gave you, right? I mean, well, not as of late, but, you know, after it hit 60, you know, it, it popped again up just under 60, lower highs on the monthly. You know what has always scared me about this stock is this this bar right here. Like, and I know we talked about it and with Mitch and everything, but it just, and I know it wasn't a reverse split, but like, when I see bars like this. I'm like, wow, that, that, that just kind of should probably just get rid of it. I should probably just put a weekly and forget about it. But uh, <laughs> it's just, you're dealing with overhead supply. Depends on your time horizon, but it's just, it's not the same path going up after, you know, after the first time it goes up, they're all winners. They're everyone's winner, winner, chicken dinner. And mm-hmm. now they're like, man, if that Fisker gets back to sixteen bucks, I'm just, you know, I'm getting out, I'm washing my hands. But, I, I do uh, want to mention for the second week in a row, we just had an initial jobless claims print well below the estimate, so five hundred and seven thousand. Mm-hmm. 
Jobless claims filed last week versus a 617,000 estimate. Uh, it is also lower than last week's number, which itself was well below the estimate. So that's two good weeks in a row on the jobless claims front, and the market did pop on that headline a few moments ago. Um, I do want to bring on our guest as well, Peter Tuckman, the Einstein of Wall Street. Normally joins us from the floor, but is at home today. That's quite all right. Peter, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Sorry about the... Uh... My my alternate reality for a moment. I had a uh, surgery on my shoulder. I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt our momentum because I love you guys. So we'll be back to the floor next week. Not used. To, I'm, I'm so used to seeing you with 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 whatever it is in, in, in your hand, and you're making crazy expressions. You're looking up at the screen at a huge <laughs> gainer or a huge loser, and and but so I'm, I'm getting a different vibe for you from you. But well, he's only got one hand right now, but he's still got the one hand moving there. So <laughs> I got one we, oh, yeah, we can go crazy. We hope you feel better, Peter. Soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Peter, what what do you make of uh, just the turnaround yesterday in, in all these stocks that were just so out of favor for the last several months? You know what, guys? It's sort of you know I, I started to 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 uh, bring it up a little bit last week when I talked about what I actually do on the floor and how we are given access to information of the market on closed buy imbalances, right? When people with large with large order flow will, you know, whether they're, they're high wealth individuals or whether they are large institutions, you know, in a market that's got this volatility, think about it. If you've got like a million shares to buy over the day, whether whoever you may be, you basically, you know, from my experience, basically you want to beat the you, bought, you want to beat the VWAP is what we call it, right? Volume-weighted average price. So you want to buy a couple hundred thousand on the opening, maybe 250. You may want to buy 250,000, you know, in the morning, pick your spots. Then you want to go into an algorithm midday and buy another 250. And then you want to put in 250 to buy on the close. That's kind of, I mean, that's sort of a, a, a simplistic way of describing what one may do if they're a large institution, then they have a million shares to buy. But what ends up happening when a lot of different institutions have that kind of order flow, we on the floor get to see what their interest is on the bell. And what we do, which is one of the business models that, that I've done over the last number of years, is to be able to track, you know, not everybody's a buyer on the bell. There are people who have a million to sell over the day. Right. So the, there's obviously that supply and demand in the marketplace. But what you end up seeing is you will often see large buy imbalances or sell imbalances with a percentage uh, into the last two hours of the day. And what we saw yesterday was one point six billion dollars to buy on the bell. It doesn't always convert into a reaction in the S&P 500, but sometimes it does. And the last couple of days it has. We saw it happen last Friday. We saw it happen uh, yesterday where the market just, you know, we ended up getting, we posted out at two o'clock, 500 million to buy. We had about half a million to buy in Visa. That was sizable dollar notional value, right? And then as the afternoon wore on, it started getting bigger and bigger. And we were about at the peak around 80% to buy, almost 1.6 billion, I believe. And that will actually have an impact. That's tracking 378 uh different S&P stocks on the floor, right? So I was not surprised by it. It's something that I do. It's something that I track. And it's sort of an exciting thing to be able to see what a conglomeration of the S&P can actually do to a marketplace. So I was, I was not surprised by yesterday's rally. 
What, what, what about, uh, you know, imbalances going into the open, though? I mean, we talk about those uh, as well on our show. And, and how, how can that – what kind of a hint does that give you about how the day could go? So, you know, good question once again. You know, in the old days, the, the look, we've got stocks trading around the clock now, right? Back in the old days, there were only a few trading venues. And so the significance of the New York Stock Exchange, right, the NYSE, actual NYSE, opening bell was more significant, right? It is pretty significant, even though not volume-wise, but it does purport the way the market or some of the stocks will go into the day. You do see stocks trading around the globe that may be sort of, and the S&P trades, the spiders we know, trade around the clock, right? Um, and so there is a dislocation often in the morning. I tend to be somebody who goes with the contrarian trade, that if the market is down, I will look, you know, let's say the market is down half a percent on the opening due to a sort of a, 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 um, a weak reaction to the uh, employment numbers and sort of rotation of money and la, 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 whatever, whatever it may be today, because each day there seems to be some reason for the market going up or down uh, 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 half a percent or, uh, or two tenths of a percent. Um, you'll see a big reaction on the opening that is often contrarian, right? Where let's say the market's trading down half a percent away due to whatever reason it may be. It may be one large stock. It may be the index itself, right? But we do not have enough on the New York Stock Exchange for sale on the opening, right? The opening of the market is based on supply and demand of those 378 stocks plus the Dow, uh, that how it will open in New York, right? And so you will see sometimes that if you don't have enough volume to support or establish resistance on where it's trading away, you may see a contrarian reaction. As I will describe, sometimes we'll see markets trading down half a percent overnight, right? We come into New York, you know what? It's actually not really for sale at the New York Stock Exchange on the opening. It's sort of a mixed bag at best. Well, there is an opportunity then to let the market open. We've, we let people shake out their positions and then we kind of buy it on a contrarian uh, prognosis that we will basically say, you know what? There's not enough to keep this market down to where it was trading. We kind of let it open. And at 931 time, we take a shot for a bit of a pop on the S&P on the opening. How long does it typically take? You know, you, you mentioned working through uh, a plan throughout the day, you know, working through orders at the open, doing some sort of algorithmic stuff during the day and then and then at the close. Uh, but I would imagine that, you know, most of the volume is at the open and at the close. So I would imagine that most of these orders, you know, most of these plans are are, are, are finished by 10, 30, 11. No. Uh, you know what? It really, there are so many different algorithms. There's so many different, you know, I think people have had to uh, reinvent themselves over the last year to try and figure out, you know, we've seen such big moves, right? Intraday over 15, 20 minutes sometimes, you know, since March, 2020, we've seen some, some big, bold moves, whether it's news related, whether it's fed related, whether it's, um, uh, the virus, the vaccine, volatility, the three V's, as I call it. You know, anything can happen these days. So what you're seeing is um, it's never really over. There's a movement in, there is a directionality in the market at any given time in the day. Some, when one guy stops his algo, somebody else is picking it up. 
Some people will buy 100 on the opening and then just let it rest. Let's try to see where the bodies are buried, right? And then he'll pick it up again at 1030. For me, what ends up happening is at two o'clock, we get to see what the initial posting, and I hope I'm not, I mean, I hope people are, if people don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm happy to explain it more in depth because it's kind of a fascinating thing, the way to see how markets trade into the closing bell. They are really a function of the supply and demand within the S&P 500. But you're going to see that um, markets, a lot of the volume obviously happens on the opening, not as much as before. Most of it's happening on the close. But you'll also see a lot of this trending volume from two o'clock on because there are people who do get the information about the buy and sell imbalances on the close coming into the close. And there's a trade there. You know, I always look for opportunity. And I know you guys do too. Sometimes it may be earnings. Sometimes it may be the S&P. Sometimes it may be news and whatnot. And then sometimes it's these market on close opportunities where, where depending on what there is to buy and sell, we also have, once again, there's another contrarian model, which is that what is actually posted may not be, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, for every buy order that comes in, there's pretty much usually a sell order that will pair it off within a certain range, right? So sometimes we pay contrarian to what's actually even being posted. You know what? It's a fascinating thing. I think what I learn on a day-to-day basis, even when I'm sitting at home and I'm not trading, to watch kind of forensically break down what people are trying to do. You know, we've saw it more than ever with the Wall Street bets and the Reddit story that there are people who hold the course. There are people who get in too high and too late and lose money. There are people who play the contrarian game. There's always opportunity in this market. That's why one of the things that David and I try and talk about too is never, you described it before I just got on, is never turn a winning trade into a losing trade, right? There are always opportunities. Risk management is the key to to surviving another day because there will be another opportunity if you don't blow up your account really quickly. Uh, Peter, before I let you go, I want to ask you, we haven't, we haven't asked you this yet. You've been on a couple of times though. Uh, give us a good floor story, uh, a good, cr- a nice, crazy, but yet safer work. If you can floor story uh, from all your years down, uh, down on the exchange. Okay. Uh, let's see a floor story. Um, Wow, wow, wow. I'm trying to think of some some great stories about, um, you know, going to, well, look, in the old days, there used to be, uh, I mean, we've had, in in the old days, there used to be sort of some pranks that people used to do. We used to do things called powder people's shoes, right? When we've, we've actually powdered, even Ronald Reagan's shoes got powdered. When a guest used to come down on the floor, right, we would, someone would come up behind, you know, I, I don't know if any of you guys have been on the floor, but even people who have been there more than once. There's sort of that adrenaline and excitement you get when you're down there. And so people who haven't been there that often can often be intimidated. It is a little overwhelming. And so especially when a celebrity comes down or something like that, um, uh, you know, you'll you'll see people get sort of all wrapped up in the conversation that they're having with a broker. Somebody may be sort of starstruck by who it is and whatnot. And while that's happening, will somebody will walk up behind them and we will always have a small little thing of baby powder and we'll just dump dump on their shoes. You know, we've had fun, fun stories. I had a fun story with Donny Osmond once 
on the floor. You know, and they're funny because we've had a lot of celebrities on the floor over the years. I think my favorite story, and, and you know, is my story with Shaquille O'Neal, where uh, he was on the floor talking about penny stocks. And I happened to be standing next to him. He was doing a show on CNBC. And apparently he's got quite a nice portfolio, which he has his broker trade. And then he's got these penny stocks that he loves to trade on his own. I was standing there waiting for an autograph from my son. And he started talking about penny stocks. And he started, he calls me over and he goes, hey, Pete, Pete, come over here. And I'm going like, why does Shaq know my name? And I had forgotten that I was actually wearing a badge that had my name on it. And he comes over and he says, you know, when I sit at home, I like to get dressed up like Pete and uh, I love to trade stocks. And he kind of out of nowhere just grabs me by the head and kisses me on the top of my head. And it was, it ended up going viral on, on Google. It was called Shaq Kisses Tiny Trader. It was sort of huh. a fun one. I'll, I'll pick a story a week for you guys. They're big right. celebrity stories. They've been crazy. Hey, one quick thing. We used to send newcomers out to go find a box of plus ticks, right? I, you know, you guys know what a plus tick is when a stock goes from up a quarter to up a half. When a newcomer would come down to the floor to get a job, we'd tell them at around 10 o'clock, you got to go out and find a box of plus ticks, which obviously don't exist. And so they would spend the day searching all huh. over Wall Street for a box of plus ticks. <laughs> Man. Peter Tuchman is the Einstein of Wall Street, Wall Street Global Trading Academy. Peter, always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot. Feel better. Good. Thanks, guys. See you soon. All right. He's always always a character. Love that guy. Uh, always crazy people. All right. Let's um let's uh, let's do some more here. There was uh our, we got to Fisker Ride, we got to ATT. We didn't talk about Chipotle. If you want to talk about that, we didn't talk about the airlines, we talk about that. Uh Whirlpool, we can go there. Where'd you guys like to go? There's there's a few things that we haven't gotten to yet. We can do ticker time. Let's go to Chipotle. It's widely traded, CMG. <laughs> Um, you are seeing a, a relief pop in this one too after yesterday. It's interesting. There was hardly any stocks down yesterday, but CMG was one of them. Obviously, um, it had reported earnings here overnight. So give us those numbers here, Spencer. But interesting that was down into the print in yesterday's tape. Interesting. So the EPS beat, the sales were in line. And for the first time in their history, they made more money last quarter from digital, which is online and in-app purchases, than they did from in-store purchases. It's holding up well. You had an initial reaction which was down on the print, on the earnings print. Now it's holding up well. That's the good news. Bad news is 1550 is such massive resistance I up there. Dennis, you, tough, come tough on. To get I mean, I, you always tell me to give one stock, one level, and yep. I'm going to give one level. Give it to me. And you only missed it by $5, 1655 <laughs> I mean, 1565. Yeah, 15, 15. Yeah, or yeah, or 1557, 50, whatever you want to call it. Three of the last four highs, 1555 to 156683. Right there. That's your number. And you're still 18 bucks away from that. I don't think you get there. I don't think so either. I think you'll find sellers before that. Yep. They're asking about steel. uh, I see Michael Nicosia is putting Cleveland Cliffs and Nucor in there. Uh, the CLF had earnings this morning. They missed on their EPS. They missed on their sales. Nucor yeah. uh, also had earnings this morning. They beat on their EPS, but also missed on their revenue. I own Nucor. I mean, I still like the infrastructure. You're hanging play. in there. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's been a hell of a run. So, you know, could there be a pullback on these things? Absolutely. I just think if you're believing in this, you know, great roaring 20s theme going to be coming after COVID, 
steel is going to be a big part of it. So it's hard to be bearish on steel here, even though it's had a great run. It's holding up, and I, you know, I keep, I'm keep nervous, being nervous about this one for you. Kind of like I don't know. It's just, just such an unprecedented run for this thing, you know. After this month, and then this. Yeah, but look month. at lumber prices. I mean, everything's yeah, no, had an unprecedented run. Anything building materials has just been. Yeah, crazy. I mean, and I know they're discussing that you know the package, and the Republicans got you know want different stuff. I mean, I think the best thing for Nucor, these you know X has already come off. It's just to hold on. It's just to hold in here. You know, not breach seventy eight. Hold in there. Hold in here. Hold in there. And unless the market, unless they cancel the pack. Uh, package or it rolls over, then you're good to go north. Next. It's funny. So much for AT&T opening it. Uh, I'm glad I didn't take you didn't take that lunch back, Dennis. Holy yeah, but look at the volume now. It's done another two million. Doubled shares. it. Yeah. So, it. You know, we needed a million to get through 31. Right now, we're literally at five million. Four, five million. So it's got enough volume. Wow. It's continuing to climb. I don't know. They're talking Whew. about it. Uh, yeah, Kramer talking about it. Uh, Joel. Oh, my Lord. Dennis. Well, well we, exactly we talked about That's that. the risk. You that he probably it. must have said, oh, I love AT&T. I'd buy it. I mean. Oh, my Lord. Stupid, but that's move stocks. You just, you called that. I don't. That, Did I he say I, it? Did he talk about it? I'm not, Did li- he? I'm not listening to him, but I'm sure he saw it up on the screen. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis, that's your best call you've ever made on this show. Oh my! If that's it my is. best call, I'm not doing very well, Joel. You, <laughs> I'm making I mean, calls on this call, show. Like yeah. um, you said, unless, and then the producers from CNBC heard <laughs> what you said, and then I saw him slip a little note to Kramer, and then Kramer said it. Oh my nope. lord! No, nope. Dennis, you should retire right now. Go buy no. another property. That's my best Be call. I have problems, man. What's gonna happen is Kramer's retiring. He's he's getting out. He's getting out of the game soon. He's Kramer's getting out of the game soon. Dennis is gonna replace. Kramer's him. never gonna Kramer's retire. He's never retired. Kramer's. I'll never tell you, he's gonna, gonna replace him. He'll never money, retire. Money, Mitch. Yeah. What would money, Mitch, replace him? What would? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Look at look at Sling today. Look at Dish. That's Dish. I was yeah. talking about it yesterday. I was like streaming services getting into the betting game. Look for those plays. I was talking about it with Bet's CEO Will Hershey on 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 Money Mitch and and look at Dish today. Look at that play they they made. Uh, what's the news, Spencer? What on Dish? I have no idea. Yesterday was there, was there news on Dish? I totally missed it. Sling oh, TV, yeah. man, come the draft, on. The DraftKings thing, yeah, the DraftKings uh, uh, channel on 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 Sling. That was the news. DraftKings yeah. channel. So pretty much, guys, everyone thinks of Dish as the actual Dish. But really, Dish has changed their business, and they're focused more on their Sling TV. I wish they can spin that off because that's what I would really buy. But Dish itself here, getting into all these plays, getting a a partnership with DraftKings, you're going to see more of these streaming plays and, and media connecting themselves with these sports books. Keep looking for these plays. I talked about it on Money Mitch. I'm gonna keep looking for some more because it, it's not gonna stop. Wait, okay. So, so Money Mitch is gonna re- replace Kramer, but I have a question, Dennis and Joel. Do either are either of you interested in guest hosting Jeopardy? Ooh, that looks fun. That's because not me. I, 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 I'm one of those people that watch Jeopardy, and I don't get any of the questions. <laughs> I never get an answer. David, I guess David, David Faber. David Faber is guest hosting Jeopardy, and I thought if he can do it, 
then we can do it. I you definitely can. can. Uh, David, I say, I David say Faber's man, smart. He's been on Jeopardy. He does pretty good. I have zero like general knowledge. Right. Trivial stuff. You know, even Trivial Pursuit, when we played that as a kid, I sucked at that. I was right. like, I already said I'm the, um, I'm the, I was a jack of no traits, master of one. I know <laughs> trading, and that's all I know. <laughs> I know stock trading. So, I, think, uh, I mean, I, I it's no one like it. Joel would like Joel, it. Joel's got some general trivia knowledge. Yeah. He knows some stuff. Uh, you do you get on Jeopardy? Sports. When you watch no. Jeopardy, can you pound out some answers or questions? No, or they're like, they start bringing stuff up like from the 1700s. Uh, this yeah, artist this artist created this painting. How do people you know, like, know that stuff? I don't know. Mona Lisa? I mean, I don't even know. How do people that. know that stuff? Can, can, I don't I tell, know. can I tell you how? It's all lists. It's all lists. You just have to memorize the lists. If you memorize. Why do you do that? Memorize every. Why do you want to do that? That memorize that, lists. It's fun, people, man. It's fun. What can I say? I'm. Big, I know there's like some people and and you know that are you know, really good I, at this. I have a I have uh, a game thing that we can do Jeopardy, Spencer. I already have it. I watch Jeopardy all the time. I'm, I'm I like, suck at games. We're gonna have to rock it out. I think Joel could do it. Joel could be a good guest. Anthony oh. Jr. says they have no life. That could also be true. Uh, okay, wait. We got a couple minutes left here. Let's just do a couple more. Ticker time. Uh, ticker time. Yeah, 30 seconds each. Ticker time. Mitch is uh, in here, too. Mitch, we're going to do Mitch, and, and we're going to go Joel, Joel, me, okay. Mitch. Joel, okay. me, and Mitch. Let's go for in the chat, one for bullets, two for bear. Yeah, well, here, so here's a question. Uh, Peloton holding on to 100 for dear life. Ryan Fink, P-T-O-N. I don't know, I don't know who wants it. Whoever wants it. Dear life, hundreds very important. Awful day for it yesterday, considering everything was rallying. They, we found one stock that was down yesterday. We found two now. I think hundreds, hundreds critical for this to, to hold. Next, uh, maybe go. Let's go airlines because we had a couple of earnings this morning. We had American and we had uh, Southwest. So you want to go LUV? Whoever's up next? I don't know, Joel. LUV. Joel. LUV. Well, how Survey they earn, they says, what are the earnings? Yeah, the earnings yeah. were the same as every other airline. They lost money last quarter. They're wow, it's up a buck. It must have been yeah. good. Same as every other airline. Show me, show me what it does at uh, sixty-four seventy-five. That's the all-time high. The longer it takes to get up there, all-time high. No, we're not an all-time high on love, are we? Uh, close, close. We're not an all-time high on an airline. It's the largest airline in, the, in America. Sixty-six ninety-nine. Crazy, champ. Crazy yeah. world we live in. Reason why I think this one's up and not all of them international, not as highly affecting here in love, right? Because they don't fly international, right? That's that's what it is, guys. So international is the worry right now because you know Europe's still closed up. Yeah, and they're talking about you know needing a vaccine passport. That doesn't impact uh, Southwest at all. Uh, Snapchat earnings tonight, Mitch. Do you have thoughts? Uh, Snapchat, it's it's been it's been really starting to make some money on their ads. That's where it's at. Look at their ad revenue. We've pulled, we've dipped into the report too. So if the market, so it's going to be a market Im- impact here too. If the market can turn around and start rallying today, they'll look for stocks that haven't rallied yet. And that'll be, uh, um, they'll gravitate more to a stock like Snap if it just has an okay report. So all depends. Where's the market at four o'clock? Are we buying stocks? Are we selling stocks? And then look at the Snap report. And if it's wishy-washy, the market can actually dictate the direction. Uh, Intel also tonight. If anyone has thoughts on Intel, I don't value know. play. Joel, you own this, so you might. Yeah, have I just it got sacked on that Nvidia news, but th- this is what it likes to do. It likes to make a couple, you know, a couple lows or a couple highs in the same area, and then reverse. You saw the two highs here, reverse two lows here, reverse, reverse. So 
Look, it looks to me, it looks like it's heading back right. up. I don't know about the reports. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna worry holding this long term. I'm not. All right, what do you last one here? Las Vegas Sands. They had earnings last night. Um, same story as the airlines. They all lost money last quarter, right? Uh, but they're they're returning to profitability. I think one thing to remember is they're they're not they're not going to be in Las Vegas anymore, that's, right? That, right. Don't forget that Las Vegas Sands <laughs> came in Vegas. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Don't forget that. I think that's important. Most they're people all, they're all up in Macau. Las Vegas. All up in Macau, not Vegas. Anyone that's make- a really tough market to call stocks. It is. Yeah. You know, we are kind of all over the place on all these charts. You know, we have a big reversal day yesterday. You know, so you start getting thinking, okay, I'm going to buy the dip, but then there's some stocks that didn't participate. You're talking. I mean, this is just a really tough market to call right now. Uh, I'm going to actually go bullish on this one. Why? Because they're in not Las Vegas. I'm bearish Las Vegas, bullish McConnell. There we go. There we go. All right. That's going to be a wrap for pre That's it? That's it? Yes, We're not we, going uh, overtime? No, we can one, one more, one more. Cannabis, cannabis, bullish, bullish. Those charts looking good, guys. They're starting to turn around. Maybe maybe we get a bounce off nice, of that. Just nice like CGC specs. candle yesterday. You know what? I can get on board on CGC. It bounced right off a of critical support 25, put in a double bottom yesterday perfectly at 25.11. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks in CGC, the only cannabis stock. I'm going to Kramer, the only one I want. The only Canadian. Leave it to the Colorado, Colorado boy to mention pot stocks. You the know? only Canadian huh. one you, 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 you like. That no, I don't like any of the American ones at all. So it gets like real quick. Um, we're going to have Rob on at uh, 3.30, just, you know, talking quantitative trading. Just, you know, all this talk, you know, what Kramer says in Twitter, chasing things. I, you know, all for all your years and everything. What, when you approach the markets, what, what do you think is the best way to approach them? Quantitatively. Okay. Hundred percent. What do you? If we just listen to what Peter was talking about, he was taking a quantitative approach to the market. You know, just like I'm adding up AT and T and looking. Okay, well, you know, where's the math? You know, is there enough math to do that? That's what Peter was talking about, basically, too. Is the same thing. So all of my money. You know, people think that you make money by guessing direction of stocks. I've made most of my money in the stock market by not guessing directions of stocks, not making calls, but taking advantage of market inefficiencies, looking for patterns, looking for the quantitative approach. Anybody can say, you know, oh, I think that I like the chart. It's going to go up. I like the chart. I don't like the chart. I think it's going to go down. There's 6 million people trying to do that. I mean, that's not an edge, but looking at information, you know, looking at the book. I mean, LUV, you gave that earlier. 65, if I go look at the book, is 89,000 shares. Well, that's a real, it's like a goalie in hockey going to be a stopper it's going to be tougher for it to go through that level so i'd be so inclined to maybe shorter in the upper 64s and maybe catch a reversal takes out 65 i get out discipline limiting the risk and then taking a quantitative approach to the market and looking you know at book pressure and different things reading the tape that all helps but the quantitative approach relationship-based trading is how i make almost all of my money all right guys smash the like button bzsmallcap.com to attend today's clean tech event i will be moderating one of the tracks smash the like button subscribe to benzinga clips on youtube uh youtube 20 is your benzinga pro code get 20 percent off there everyone have a good rest of your day i won't see you till tomorrow you'll see joel at the close on the pre-market prep youtube channel everyone have a good rest of your day good luck at the open and smash save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.